Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Good afternoon and welcome to Collaborative Connections Radio Show and Podcast sponsored by KLM. We're coming to you live from Tempe, Arizona, uh, broadcasting nationally on Business Radio X, Inside Mac 6. Welcome to the show, everybody. I started this show to connect people, to collaborate, because I think that in our community, in any community, we do better by collaboration and working with people we like. So, and today's no different. I have three amazing guests that I'd love to introduce you. So I'll jump right in. First guest, Joe Puzz, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me here. So, so fun to be as guest on a show. Usually I'm hosting, so it's always fun to get a different perspective. It is nice, right? You don't have to prep or do anything. Just show up. That's right. Just show <laughs> up. Didn't bring anything with me. It was awesome. <laughs> Joe, tell us a little bit about you and your business. Sure. I'm the president of the PMO Squad. We're a Phoenix-based but national project management consulting firm, and we help organizations deliver projects better. We try to simplify project management because for a lot of organizations, it's complex and hard and they don't really understand how it works and how it can help them. So we bring simplicity to that and we help them deliver projects better. We try to do it for organizations in any industry, any size company, uh, anywhere in the U.S. We'll be 10 years in business in March of next year. So exciting. we're almost at that decade mark. Wow. Isn't that exciting? Are you going to have a party? Probably not. <laughs> <Who knows? laughs> I'll help you throw a party. <laughs> That's a project. <laughs> there you go. Welcome to the show, Melissa. Thank you for being here. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Tell us a little bit about you and your business. So I'm the founder of the Smart PM. We are a team of project managers that specialize in SmartSheet and can help a business or a PMO with improving software solutions for their teams with a low-code, no-code smart sheet itself. So we simplify and increase team efficiencies and collaboration with that tool. Mm, really cool. And tell us what SmartSheet is for, for those of us who don't know what it is. It is a cloud-based work management platform that you can use automation, workflows, alerts. Um, it's, it's kind of a mix of Excel, PowerPoint, MS Project, and MS Teams all in one. Really cool. I think everybody should know about that. Yeah, very, <laughs> so. very helpful. It's more than a PPM tool. Yeah, that's really, yeah, you could use it in a lot of industries, I assume. Mm -hmm. That's cool. And Ben Johnson, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. It's good to be here. <laughs> I see you coming in the office every week doing your show and my office is here. So it's good to see what actually goes down in the room now. There you go. <laughs> nice to have you. Tell us about your business. So I come from a software development and data engineering background. So I do a lot of the same, you know, the industry is shifting to a lot of the no code and low code type of things. And so it's uh, Smartsheet and 20 other <laughs> programs like that. And so I just kind of, um, I'm kind of shifting basically towards the coming from a technology and data background, but using you know, all the same tools and going from working for billion dollar companies down to smaller companies. So it's basically a lot of the same things, but I have very little project management experience. So usually I handle it mostly from the technical side. See why I brought you all together? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Collaboration.
collaboration at its best, right? <laughs> well, and before the show, Joe and I were talking about three PMPs in the room and all totally different in what we can offer. And then you add technology on top of it. And what a cool team, you know, to be able to to run the gamut of, of helping businesses because the more we automate, the more we systematize and the more we do in a project-based way, it it makes it saves money, right? It saves a heartache, <laughs> headaches, <laughs> right? It saves all the things and makes their life easier with all the things that are out there now. Like you said, Ben, you know, besides uh, Smartsheet and uh, there's so many project management softwares and stuff that we can teach and train and help people learn how to use. So that's really cool. Well, and like in my instance, <clears throat> Smartsheet is more of a self-help tool. And I really only come into play to help busy, busy people use a self-help tool even better and to take them to the next level. Ultimately, you want them to uh, be more efficient themselves. And that tool helps them do that. Oh, I love that. So, I'm going to use that. <laughs> That's yeah, right. the, the last show that we did on, on my station, we had TrackVIA and PMI were on and we were talking about low code, no code within project management world as part of the citizen developer program. Really, it's, it's kind of an interesting connection and collaboration to have PMI driving low-code, no-code technology, but they see it's happening in organizations anyway. So why not embrace it from the project delivery perspective? Not that the PM has to become a coder, but know that technology is going in that direction, so you should be familiar with it. So it's great to be able to collaborate with both of you because you're in that space. Well, and I think one important thing off of what you're saying is for the business aspects and have PMs are coming in and I mean, I'm a PM building PPM tool, PM, PPM tools for companies as well as HR solutions. I understand the business processes and that's, that's kind of, you take IT out of that. No, no offense from a software developer, but you take IT, they understand development, app dev, operations, and then you take a PMP or a BA or somebody who knows how to use the tool and build it because it's based off your process. So that that's really helpful. It is really helpful to have the whole team, right? Somebody's got to code it. Somebody's got to come up with the software or even know that that exists out there. Ben, you were talking the other day, we were talking about oh, there's so many things available. And I was like, can I have one of those and one of those and one of those? And can you develop it to put it all together for me so that I don't have to use more than one thing, right? Like you're saying, there's so many combinations of things and you have to have everybody, right? Like I can see it from a business perspective, what a business needs, right? been in business 20 years for myself, right? Like I know how to, how, that you need efficiencies, but I sure as heck am not a coder and I don't know, you know, all the, the things that are out there to be able to do it. There's so many. Can you give us a few, few uh, examples or just a few examples well, of like the ones that you're thinking lately that are really good, like smart, you know, yeah. that could help businesses? I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I could probably list, like I said, 20 or 30 out there, but they're all, a smart sheet is really, is really good one. You know, and there's there's some that are definitely heavier on the PMI side and, and lighter on the on the capabilities, or some of them are a little leaning more towards technology. And so I, I kind of look at everything. I kind of look at, okay, uh, how, how does their licensing work? How do, where do they, at what point do they start really upcharging you? Are they going to try to 
entice you in with a really low monthly per user fee. And then when your business blows up, then you're, they got you, you know, they got their hooks in you. Mm. You know, like Salesforce is a good example of that. It's a great tool. It's one of the best low code tools out there. But I mean, I've never seen anybody implement it for less than a million dollars, but they all come in thinking that it's going to be this very inexpensive process. And, and so most of my clients are very dead. Like it's a, a large amount of data. And so they're trying to use some of these tools. But I mean, like Airtable is a great one that's just kind of a generic, here's your data. I mean, even Google Docs is fine. I mean, it really doesn't matter which one you're using. What is it? Uh, ClickUp is a good one. Yeah, there's, I can send you a list. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually com compiling a database of all of them with all the features and stuff that I'll be putting up on my website eventually. But because it's just, there's so many of them now. And every time I look, there's, there's a new one out there. And so I also, I look at things like, uh, like the licensing, for example. So there's one called Base Row that I've been, it's not nearly as many features as some of these other ones out there, but it's, um, it's free. <laughs> so. And there's things, there's a tool called N8N that is a, like a, a free Zapier alternate. And, you know, I use make.com and Zapier. And, you know, so there's, I, I do a lot of decoupling. So I use one for data and one for the processes. A lot of people like to use the all-in-one solutions out there. But yeah, there's, there's so many different it's ways not, to do it. You talked about Zapier. I yeah. really like that one because it can, you know, if you're, if I have clients that use yeah you know, 15 different things, right. but then they need them to talk to each other. Yeah. And so for people who don't know what that is, right, it's right. like connecting them. Yeah, there's all of these, uh, there's these automation tools, then there's these data tools, and there's some that have a combination of the two. And, and it really doesn't matter which one you're using, they all pretty much work the same. It just, uh, you just kind of have to look at how they charge and where they put the value and where their polish is on, you know, on on what they're focused on and see what's important to you and use the free ones for the th things that aren't important. If mm -hmm. you just need something, that's usually what I do is I say, okay, you know, if you were to just buy every tool out there, you're going to be spending thousands of dollars. And so pick one tool that you like the, the most, like monday.com is a great interface. They have the best mobile app out of all of them, but I, there's some things that, that some of the other ones have some better. So if, if you're on your phone a lot, then that's, you know, so there's yeah, so a lot of different. Yeah, so it depends on what you need it for yeah, and what you're, yeah, what you're using. There's definitely not one that's better, objectively better than the rest. It really depends on what your business is and how you, how you work. And what I like to do is, you know, what it doesn't really even matter. You can have different people on your team using different tools because they're different. And then you can bring it all together in a, in a, in a way that makes sense. So. If you know how to, <laughs> if, you know, if, you know if you're a software developer, Connor, and you know how to put all those together, <laughs> that's really cool. Well, we have to back it up a little bit. So we were talking about project management, PMO, PMP. People probably don't even know what that means, right? Joe, I'm going to let you answer that. What the heck are we talking about in general? What is a PM? What do, what do project managers do? What does PMP even mean? Sure. Right. So project manager in its simplest terms, is somebody who's leading a team to deliver a project. And they don't have to be trained. They don't have to be certified. If they're not, I like to call them an accidental project manager, right? And their boss has just said, hey, can you go run that project? And, and that's how the world has operated forever. And then people recognize, well, if we get trained in this, 
and do it in a consistent, repeatable way, we can get better results from those projects. So organizations and associations started to form to say, well, how can we do that? And so PMP is probably the most popular certification in the industry out there. And that's saying that you're a certified project management professional, right? And, and you get hired to deliver projects. That's your job exclusively. So you don't have a day job and a project manager. You're just a project manager. And really projects, the way I view them, is that organization has strategy and change and then also operations, how we, how we work the same stuff every day. Project managers do the change and the strategy. And the rest of the organization focuses on making your widgets, right? So the repeatable stuff happens all the time. So depending on how big your company is, you might want to ask yourself, do I want a trained person to run those initiatives? Or is it okay to have somebody that's not super trained in project management, but really a subject matter expert? Maybe they can lead those. So it, it, every company is different. Every project's different. How you run every project's different. And I think you have to just, we were talking about the technology and the data and you have to see what fits for your company. That's what you have to do with project management as well. I, I don't even like to call it project management anymore. To me, it's project delivery. Mm -hmm. How do you deliver your projects? Just like you say, how do we build our widgets? And if you can think organizationally, those two different paths and ask which one am I on, that's, that's your delivery side or the upside. And I think what we're trying to focus now in the industry is how can I combine those into be just one operating system for the company so that your project delivery becomes part of operations? Because right now it's an either or, it's us and them. It's a combative dynamic in an organization. And I think when we bring that together, it's all one company strategy. Why shouldn't we all be working towards that? So I think that's kind of the direction where our industry's headed a little bit. Do you think it has anything to do with the culture you know, having a good company culture and the change in that, like that we do want to have more inclusivity and we want to have more collaboration in, in the organization, that that's driving that a little bit? I wish that was the case. My perspective, though, is that the project management industries as a modern industry has been around for a bit, little over 50 years. And they were so caught up in themselves for the first 45 of that, that we had to establish a, a validation point of why we're here. So we were very rigid in our governance and our process, and we wanted you to do it our way. And now we're recognizing we're not penetrating companies the way we need to by doing it that way. And we have to adapt to the way that the company has been around longer than we have. They've been making widgets longer than we've been delivering projects. So we need to overcome those challenges and become part of the team as opposed to trying to make them do it our way. Mm, that makes sense. And I think that the companies, just to, to add on to that, the companies have a different focus. So I've been a director of program delivery, specifically titled, and then I've also been a director of PMO. So depending on the company's focus, I think they some get it more than others in some ways also. <laughs> if they're, yeah, I, I see what you mean. I guess from my perspective, I came into being a PMP kind of on accident. <laughs> mm -hmm. I always thought of everything that I had done, every business I started, every um, client I worked with was a project. That's just how my brain worked, right? Everything was business development. 
And so mine mine was kind of like, okay, well, I guess I need a letters behind my name to, mm-hmm. <laughs> to make that make sense. <laughs> so so I did see that when I came in to take the courses, do the, you know, studying and to take the test, it was so rigid. And so, and, and I would ask questions, you know, and say like, well, doesn't it make more sense if we all just work together, you know, and they kind of look at you like, you know, yeah. like you're a little sideways, you know, <laughs> but but to me, it made more sense to have a whole effort, a whole team. Like, how does this make sense for the whole business and the whole company? And how are we going to make this more efficient and, and better? Yeah, I think the, the this shift that's underway, if we think back to other examples in organizations where this has happened, you know, back in the 90s and 2000s, Six Sigma was really big and it was penetrating organizations. Not that it's diminished, but it was really hot at that time, right? And everybody in the organization was getting trained in Six Sigma, where you could be a white belt, a green belt, yellow belt, black belt, but you had different levels. It wasn't just a group that was a standalone organization, and they were the only ones who could do the Six Sigma initiatives. When we build PMOs, that's what we've done. We make it standalone. The only people who get to officially run projects are the people in the PMO. And I think that's a giant miss for every company out there. Mm -hmm. Because we do have these accidental project managers who are running projects. We should be teaching them how to do them better mm-hmm. so that the company can perform better, so that they don't get frustrated, so that their coworkers don't get frustrated, and let it be a universal skill because we all run projects. So if we all figure out how to do it better, I don't need to be certified to do it better, but you can give me some of the skills and some of the training and some of the tools to use. I can do that better. It's the same thing we're doing with low-code, no-code. You don't have to be a developer to go write sophisticated apps these days <laughs> because they recognized and said, if we have a pool of 20,000 employees in the organization and they already have a business process, they just want to do an, an automated, more efficient way to deliver that process. Here's the tool to go do it. Mm-hmm. They didn't have to go to the IT department to build that. And we saved time, we saved money, and we empowered our employees to go do it. Mm-hmm. that's where project management is starting to move. I think it's a long way to get there, but I, we're pushing that with the PMO squad to help organizations to be able to do that more rapidly. Yeah. And, and it's in small business. I, all my clients are small business owners. And we, we, there's no time. <laughs> there's no time for, you know, for, Oh, let's, let's figure it out. Let's have all these meetings to figure like, no, my clients need to know now, you know, what mm-hmm. can they do to be more efficient, to save money, to save time. They have no time, mm-hmm. you know, to do mm-hmm. anything. So how can we do it faster? I had a client, a um, insurance agent client, and she was writing their commercial proposals by hand. She was paying $500 for a software a month and didn't know how to use it. So they're just like, well, we'll just write them by hand. Mm -hmm. So I taught myself the software, hurried up and wrote out a, you know, here's the process of it. I'm videotaped it, how to do it, you know. Video record videotaped. <laughs> I'm saying my age. <laughs> uh, right. Beta VHS. <laughs> uh, how to do it. And then now they can do it in, you know, 15 minutes as opposed to like two hours. And the whole team. Now we've empowered the whole team mm-hmm. to do the commercial proposals in, you know, as a, a everybody. So we needed to like, you know, my client's like, no, we have to make it now. You know, you can't wait for this to like mm-hmm. evolutionize. No, <laughs> Kelly, you got to figure out something right now. <laughs> you know, it makes it makes it faster and easier. It does. And so, I mean, I built a applicant tracking system for an HR company. 
because they don't have the time to implement, you know, three to six months of somebody else coming in and they have to tailor it and configure it and, and all that stuff and then learn it and, and roll it out. Now I just built something for them in two weeks and they've already got it in play and it's automated and they're happy. It's really that's, that's what they cool. need right now. So <laughs> it's really, really cool. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm going to shift gears a little bit. We're going to talk about business ownership because all of us have been in the trenches. Some of us shorter time than others, but we all have lessons and uh, things we, we've we learned along the way, things we wished we would have known along the way. So Joe, I'll start with you. As a business owner, you, are in, you have several businesses and uh, even a nonprofit. It's a lot to juggle. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of learning curves. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the biggest thing I've learned over the years is to leave your ego at the door. Because as a business owner, you do everything. So you could one day you could come in and be the marketing person. The next day, the accountant person. The next day, you're dealing with personnel issues, uh, vendor management, running projects, building code, buying things. And I didn't know how to do any of that stuff for the most part until I started my own company. And if you go into your business because you're really a domain expert and you've built up a reputation and you've built up a skill set and you feel really proud about yourself of what you've been able to accomplish, and then you start doing things you've never done before, you know, you can lose that energy real quickly. So I had to, you know, learn how to become a salesperson and accountant and marketing person, all those skills that I never had to use before. So starting a business isn't just about the products or services you offer. It's about how do we actually run the business side of it as well. Look up, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Instead of looking, sticking down or sticking our nose and, you know, down and looking at the ground, looking up and out and and outsourcing and getting resources to help you along the way, right? That That's where I was thinking, how do we leave our ego at the door to ask for help to get the, you know, so that you don't struggle for longer than you need to, to, to get help. I, you know, it makes well, the, it a lot better. Yeah. The ability to trust others and delegate, you know, cause you've created this business. If you get to that point where you're going to bring in people to help you, you know, you're like, man, can I trust them to do what I've been doing for this long? <laughs> and when you get to that point, it's really empowering. It's, it's such a gratifying feeling to be able to have others who can deliver for you or with you. And it's no longer just you having to do it by yourself. So it's, there's so many lessons that you can learn beyond the product that you're working with. And it's, uh, in this gig economy we, we live in today, there's so many small businesses now. So really it's whatever you want to be, you, you have complete control of your destiny at this point. That's for sure. That's for sure. I love hearing that. <laughs> yeah. And the ego can be sneaky. Sometimes I think, no, I'm doing it myself because, oh, they're busy. I'm, I have extra time. I can, I think I'm, I like to help people. I like to solve problems. And I find myself doing all the work that I was planning on having my employees do. And then I'm like, no, I'm not being nice. I don't trust them with it. They're going to do it wrong. You know, I kept telling myself all these things. So, you know, yeah, that, like you said, I like what you said about ego because it's not always um, about ego as in I'm the best there is. It can it can be sneaky. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think also with the whole ego, getting new into business, you have to seek the help. Mm-hmm. You can't wait for it to come to you. Yeah. You need to seek the mentors. You need to seek the, the business groups and the networking groups and, and put yourself out there to get the help that you're looking for. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. What about you? Lessons learned, Melissa, along the way? Um, Or things you wished you knew? (laughs) Well, I have a physics background, a physics degree, and never did anything in business. And so this has been a monumental learning year for me. But ultimately, surrounding yourself with smarter people and in similar businesses. I mean, Joe has been a great mentor to me. I, My daughter and I, my intern, um, we had our consulting session with you for marketing. And so reach out for the what you're not strong for, but find that network. I think that's been the most important thing. It is. Your network is everything. Mm-hmm. The community that you surround yourself with is everything. Mm-hmm. It will, it will, if you find the community, it will put, you know, can't see because we're on on the radio, but, you know, lift each other up and build us up and, and really help us along the way for, for everything we do. Everything that's been, that's been just eye opening to me is, is the, the network and that community that you build. Do you think it's, do you think it's because you were in corporate and in like that, that, that doesn't exist there? It doesn't. It, it's, really on the outside. Because when you think of, you know, this network community of business owners, there's a very big divide. Us, them, oh, they're consultants. Oh, they're going to come in. Oh, they, you know, it's, it is a very different mindset on how corporate America sees anybody who works for themselves. Mm. Yeah. I've had to have the retraining. (laughs) A lot of my clients come from corporate, right? Mm. They leave corporate and they start their own businesses. I've had to you know, consistently retrain, re, re, you know, reframe their outlook on it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not their fault. It's just what they know. And I've always been a business owner. I mean, except for when I was in college, you know, but so I, that's just all I know, you mm-hmm. know, so it's, it's interesting to see the, the dynamic, the difference between, uh, between being in corporate and like holding everything so tight to your chest. Right. And then you get misnomers. You're like, oh my gosh, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. Like, you know, I need this help and that help, right? It feels oh, yeah. it feels different. <laughs> but it's I, I've never met a business owner yet who said that it was easy, right? It's hard. I you know here I am a decade later. I still wake up and the first thing I do every morning when I, I uh, go into work is I look at the bank account, <laughs> and I want to make sure that we're going to be able to pay our employees. Not not that we ever can't, right? It's not like there's a risk that it can't happen, but I still can't get past that point of comfort. <laughs> Because I have to work hard enough to make sure that the people who depend on this business for their their livelihood yeah. are taken care of. So every day I do that. And if it's not where I think it's going to be, boom, I call my finance people. I say, why aren't we where we're supposed to be? Uh, because if you don't know those numbers and can't control how your company's operating, then you don't really have a business. You're just doing work. And I think that's kind of the separate. When I worked at Corporate America never had to worry about how much money was in the company bank account. I just knew I was going to get paid every two weeks when the paycheck showed up. Three weeks off, six weeks off vacation. Now you're like, what in the heck is that? (laughs) Paid vacation? (laughs) I don't even know what that is. (laughs) All right, Ben, you're up. Tell us uh, life life lesson, (laughs) business lessons. I'm still learning every every day. (laughs) Aren't we all? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I spent most of my career working for large enterprise-level companies and all the things I used to worry about. It, it's kind of nice. There's two sides of it. One is I don't really think about those things anymore because it's like, oh, sorry, I, I can't hear you from this beach in Thailand. <laughs> like, sorry. 
you know, and and so like in my mind, you know, it's that's just a different life now. You know, it's such a different thing, and there's a lot of freedom with it. But at the same time, I mean, yeah, I was in, I, I was doing the whole digital nomad thing for the last five months in Southeast Asia, and thinking this is it, this is what I do it for, <laughs> this is the dream. But then it's like, oh, now I have to work uh, American hours, which is the middle of the night there, and I was <laughs> working some weird half. Uh, I'm in the middle of the night shift and half over there. And now I'm thinking about, okay, now I have an apartment and bills and everything happening over here. And there's uh, hotels and plane tickets to book. And and so it's like, it doesn't really matter, you know, what you think your dream is or why you do it. You know, there's, it's always a give and take between, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of comfort. I got my 401k and my nine to five, I clock in, I clock out. But then they tell me when I can go on vacation. They, you know, they tell me how long I can go, and, and there really isn't one verse. You know, overall, I think it's definitely better. You know, being my the owner of my own business. But yeah, I'm 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 not an accountant. I'm not a salesperson. I'm not a manager. I'm horrible at all of the things relating to business, except for solving the specific problems that I'm solving. Uh, and, and you know, I'm. So yeah, it's brand new to me. <laughs> so I'm still uh, making all the rookie mistakes that everybody makes. For sure, it's okay to be not good at those things yeah. because we have because if you have a community and you're yes. willing to ask for help, you shouldn't be the master <laughs> at sales. You shouldn't have yeah, to be. Yeah. You should know enough, right? So I know who to hire. I know enough. But you shouldn't have to do all those things because oh, yeah, nobody I, gets into business to be like, can I do the marketing, please? <laughs> right? <laughs> right? That's not why they get into business, except for me. <laughs> Most people don't, they don't like it. They yeah. don't like the sales aspect of it, right? So, so, but you shouldn't have to. All you have yeah. to know is who to ask, right? Mm -hmm. And be willing to, like you said, Take the control off a little. <laughs> well, my like my accounting, I'm like, I don't want them to see all these horrible financial decisions I'm making. And I don't even know this person. Why do I care what they think about my, you know, <laughs> like just, just, I shouldn't be doing my own accounting. That's, that's just it. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> a little, a little separation in between, right? You wouldn't oh, want yeah. your best friend doing your accounting right, right. <laughs> for those reasons, but a <laughs> professional, that's okay. Exactly. <laughs> and I, you know, in the startup community, it's common. People talk about fail fast, right? Yeah. Learn uh, faster. That, well, my point is you shouldn't fail fast because fail is a finite destination. It's over. Failure is you missed, right? To me, what you dissemble is learn fast, right? Learn from what you don't know and yeah. go fill those gaps with people that can go do that or learn what you do know yeah. and make that be your strengths, right? Push on your strengths and, and fill in your gaps. But yeah. learn learning has been such a big component of owning a business. Yeah. Because again, you go in with a, a you start your business because you have knowledge. And then you find out how little knowledge you have. <laughs> so you have to learn, right? So learn that quickly. Just don't have a fail fast mindset because I just well, hate that destination no, of I failure. I agree with you. Well, so I, th I think it's just a definition of the word failure. Failure, in my mind, has no negative connotation at all. It's, it's uh, if I'm not failing, that means I'm not pushing myself hard enough. Because that's the mistake I made in the beginning when I first started my business. I never failed. And... And I was learning every day, you know, but I, I wasn't pushing myself. And 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 yeah, you can learn without failure, but you definitely learn. 
you remember, you feel, you feel like when you're riding a skateboard, if you cover yourself with pads, you're never going to be as good of a skateboard as if you let yourself get bruised. So you, you feel that your skin hit the pavement. You're going to remember that a lot more than you're going to remember. <laughs> Won't do that again. <laughs> but we yeah. go through, we go through kindergarten, through high school, and then on to college where we're learning for 16 years, not through failure, though. I mean, our, we're formulating our lives and our knowledge and how to interact with the world, not necessarily through failure. So there's got to be some better ways in, in going about it. I mean, yes, yeah. we learn when we lose from the games, and we're not going to do this again. Um, and you want to learn faster from it. But we grow successfully in, in all ways. But we can't yeah. remember. can't forget that we spent the first half of our life learning in a successful way, hopefully. <laughs> well. <laughs> well, and I think, I, I think the falling and getting bruised isn't failing. I think yeah, that's just yeah. an experience. Well, I think we're all just kind of using a slightly different version of the uh, yeah. definition yeah. of right. the word failure. In yeah. my mind, a failure is when you attempt something and you fall short of what you initially Nobody ever 100% hits their target all the time. And, and it's like, uh, you know, it's like with uh, if you're doing archery, if you put the target right in front of your face, you're going to get hit the bullseye every time and you're never going to fail. So the trick isn't put it so far away that you're, you're, you have no chance of hitting it all. You have to just take it as far as you're comfortable and then maybe just a little bit farther so that you, so that you will miss. And, and you, the only way you get better is by missing. Practicing. Put practicing and put, putting yourself <laughs> out there, right? And right, that's what we were yeah. talking about, the community and, and the networking and all of that. Speaking of which, uh, communities that you're involved in, I know you're, you've created the PMO leader. Joe, I'll start with you. But tell us about the communities you love. Other people, you know, tell us what they are and why, because other people are seeking communities at, you know, right now. So it's good to have that gamut of, you know, where can people find the, the right community? Yeah, I, I, you know, I think surround yourself with the people who enjoy doing what you're doing or what you do. So with that, I enjoy supporting veterans. So I started VPMMA, a nonprofit organization to help veterans get jobs and project management. I enjoy project management and during the pandemic, I enjoyed the international global connections that we could make because we all went online. So I created the PMO leader global community so that we can have a destination to go do that and continue that. For me, that's just, it, it's, I've, I've kind of evolved, I guess, after a decade, it's, I still look at the numbers, but I'm not as concerned with the performance, if that makes sense, right? It's now I'm, I want to be success, but my measure isn't, our net profit at the end of the year only, it's how many connections did we make? How did I help the industry? How many people did I mentor? How did I pull people together? Yeah, it's how many, hard, hard to measure those kind of things. Yeah, <laughs> it's, and when you're in community, guess what? Those people are thinking the same thing about you. So Melissa's part of the community, right? And we had a, a client that we couldn't solve their need. And guess what? Somebody in my community had that skill set. So bring Melissa's organization and have them do that. So for me, that's what it's just now I've evolved to that point of my personal professional career to want to be in that. So for me, the PMO leader, we just had a global conference uh, this week, over 1,100 people online, 
18 consecutive hours of live content from 40 different speakers and everybody volunteered their time. Oh, oh my gosh. It was amazing. Right? It was really amazing. You know, we wow. didn't have to pay First one class. speaker. <laughs> we had sponsors, but n nobody who performed was paid. Wow. That's what a community is, right? We mm -hmm. all collectively were working to try to improve one another. So that's, you know, that's not about profit. That's about that feeling you get inside that you're making a difference. Mm. Awesome. And I think that's really important to just highlight again, because the PMO leader is a community for PMO level, not just project management. Joe's really tapped into the whole need that it, the governance, the PMO level that really is m missing in this world. And so he's filled that, that, that gap with the PMO leader. So it was a really exceptional conference. Oh, congratulations. And, that's really exciting. Thank you. And, and Bray, I'll, I don't know if I can break news or not. I can say there's some exciting things coming uh, aligned with what Melissa just talked about. Um, in May of next year, and before that, we'll have an announcement, but there's some organizing things happening related to community at the international level that we'll make an announcement on soon. So just stay tuned for more info. <laughs> and the veteran uh, nonprofit, tell us about that. Yeah, so we're, you know, my grandfather was a sniper on the White House. I've had just military in my family throughout. And when I got to a point where there was some level of financial success, I said, I want to be able to give back to the community, uh, keep it within project management, because that's my space, and I don't want to overextend my capabilities. Uh, so I brought the two together and with my co-founder, Eric Wright, who runs a company called Vets to PM. We said, how can we collectively support veterans and military spouses who are transitioning out of the military into a civilian project management career and give them the mentoring they need to be able to do that. So now we're, first two years, we're kind of just a, if you build it, will they come? Right? There was no organization to it, but then we formed a nonprofit. We're over three years now of doing that. Over 300 veterans helped. It's been a lot of fun. And then uh, the other one is 100 Businesses That Care. Here locally in the Phoenix market, uh, coming together with other like-minded business leaders who want to be able to help the community. And that's just, again, it's a, a way to be able to help those who are really making a difference in the industry and your community. I think so. It's that's nice cool. to be able to learn about in the 100 businesses that care so many different organiz local organizations, local nonprofits that need help. You're giving back right here, you know, and and donating your time. But collectively, we can donate so much more. Absolutely. And yeah, I love being a part of 100 Businesses That Care. It's a, it's a nice way to, you know, feel like you're having more of an impact than obviously we write checks every year to, you know, our favorites, you know, already. But this was like, ooh, we could make a, a bigger impact. And that that's really cool to be able to do. And, and like you said, building the community or being in the community. Okay, well, now I'm around like-minded other business owners, you know, that want to also, you know, give back and do that. Yeah, it just feels good when you're around people that are like you, right? We do that with our, our friends that we surround ourselves with. And so why not do that with our profession as well? And it's not a good part about owning your own business, right? You get to decide who works for you, which clients you work with. Yes. You get to make those yes. choices. There you go. There's one another one on the plus side of yeah. business ownership. <laughs> He's yes, please, and no, thank you. <laughs> yes, you do technically have 10 bosses now, but you get to pick them. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Melissa, what about you? Uh, community and, and or nonprofits? 
that you're involved in? So I did the 100 businesses that care for the first time this last quarter and blown away with just the the purpose and the, the community there itself. Um, another thing that has brought me back to Max 6 is SCORE and all the networking events that they're doing to help business leaders, small businesses themselves coming into play. Um, I did a women networking event here last month and this, and that's a free community that's out there. And I think it might be nationwide. I don't think it's an Arizona thing, but so. it's SCORE. And it's former business entrepreneurs, owners that come in and they can mentor you or help you or run networking events and, and just do a lot of just how to do anything in business. Yeah. And they're volunteers for that. I know. That's really it's, nice. And this, that's really helped me. Um, and then I we just, I found a small professional business group and we meet monthly. We just met Tuesday this week. So that was our month and we meet for four hours and how's your business and what do you need help with? And then we'll do case studies on each other's challenges or opportunities and, and really groom and, and mentor each other. Wow. That's really cool. And are they all business owners? They are. The majority are business owners. One's a project manager. <laughs> I think we're convincing her to be a business owner. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's not for everybody, right? And no. it isn't for the faint of heart, as no. we've heard so far. Because no, you might be in business. I mean, you started your business. We all we all did that. But you can't be in business by yourself. No. It just doesn't work. No. Even though you are. But yeah. <laughs> you can, but you're not going to grow. You're no. not going to... Yeah, you're... <laughs> You're putting yourself at risk and yeah. For sure. Ben, what about you? Communities? Yeah. My biggest client is an oil company. And so there comes a lot of, in my mind, bad karma that <laughs> comes from uh, getting your money from something like that. And so I always pick at least one or two nonprofit organizations that I basically give either free or very heavily discounted work to. And uh, so there's a there's a local track coach that I do like a track. He does a he sends a lot of people in poor neighborhoods off to you know go on to Olympics and you know ASU and track team and everything. So I help manage their website. And there's an organization called Nazada.org. It's Northern Arizona Alzheimer something. It's a Alzheimer's. Uh, they're affiliated with uh, NAU and they do so I help them with all of their technology and website work. So, yeah, and, and just here at Max 6 too, we've got a lot of nonprofit organiza organizations here at the co-working space, like um, SciTech uh, Council and, and some of these other groups. So I pretty much just, anyone who is in a nonprofit space, uh, they walk by my desk and I'll <laughs> have kind of like open office hours that I'll do just, and even if you have a for-profit business, I'm always happy to just answer people's tech questions and uh, that 100 businesses who care. I helped to set up all the AV equipment for them the last time they had a, an event for, for, for uh, they used the space up here too. So yeah, I'd, I'd like to get actually more involved in a, like an actual community because especially when I'm traveling overseas and I come back here, I haven't really spoken to people who speak English in a few months and it's good to just have a normal conversation from time to time about yeah other people who are doing similar things and I'm and I'm I'm kind of a, a little bit strange I actually don't like hanging out with people who have similar interests for me I, I feel uncomfortable 
around other software developers because <laughs> I don't really feel like uh, like magnets you for, repel for, yeah yeah it's kind of like uh, two positive magnets and first of all we're not a super social group people <laughs> traditionally speaking really and I didn't know this <laughs> we, we like having our headphones and sitting in the corner and so yeah I, I, I actually love hanging out and uh, socializing with people who are very different from me and like Project managers is a great example. I historically do not get along well with project managers because I'm the worst. <laughs> ty- I'm in IT. Same thing. Uh, <laughs> you know, my whole thing is like, oh, those extra processes, that's uh, that's inefficient. And But at the same time, all my projects are late. So like, like I, I definitely know the value of what you guys do 100%. And I, I kind of need to have somebody in my, like I I was joking the other day that I need to hire a project manager to manage me, (laughs) to be my boss, basically. (laughs) Because, yeah, that's definitely a very valuable skill that I'll admit I do not have. (laughs) Well, if you've planned all these trips overseas, you're a project manager. (laughs) Um, I am a project manager. I'm a horrible, horrible project manager. (laughs) (laughs) Let's put it this way. I've been blessed with very patient clients who who (laughs) see my value it lies in other ways other than I, I focus more on how a project is delivered, not when. <laughs> so when it is delivered, it's it, it's working smoothly. But yeah, it's, I have I'm horrible at estimating how long things are going to take because there's just so many different ways things can go. But yeah, no, there's things like managing teams of people and things like that that I could definitely benefit from learning more. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Community uh, is everything and yeah. like you said there it's good to put yourself i tell clients pick 3 right whether it's a nonprofit an organization association you know a place like maxix right conscious capitalism is another one we're yeah. all different all the people that i've met are all different businesses different organizations some are in corporation right some mm-hmm. of them are business owners but we all have something in common yeah. we all want better yeah. we all want to do better and have a better community. So it's good to pick those. It's good to have those three. Don't do more than three. I tell them you can't pick more than three because then you're inundated and don't have any time and and can't get the full effect. But uh, that's good. All right. So can you believe we've been talking for almost an hour already? Mm -hmm. It goes by so fast. So lessons, any lessons or tips or advice that you want to share with people before we close, Joe, anything, you know, maybe a new book or a new project management tool. <laughs> yeah, I think the the takeaway for, as Ben mentioned, is, you know, way project management's done, the way to think about it in its most simple terms is we use a tool called Purpose Measure Optimize. So PMO, instead of thinking about this big complex thing, why are you doing something? How well are you doing it? And then improve so that you do it well. So if you're heavy on process and your project's not going well, do it a different way. Stop being heavy on process. Yeah. So purpose, measure, optimize would be my tip for everybody out there. When you're thinking project management, don't think this overhead process heavy stuff, right? It's delivery. It's not management. Stop thinking about managing it. Start delivering it. 
and all the terms that come with it. That's right. <laughs> Don't let all those scare you. I had to put them up on my wall taking that test and that certification. I had to put them up all over my house as I'd never been in project management. So I'm like, I have no, I'm like learning Chinese over here, you know, putting them all up. And, you know, but really it comes down to exactly what you're saying. Is there, what's the purpose? How fast and efficient can you do it? And what is the outcome? Is it going to be better? Is it going to make things be improved? Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Good way. Good simplicity. I love that. Melissa, what about you? Any any advice, books, tips for business owners? Block out your calendar. Block out your weekly schedule. Every morning I'm looking at it like what what's on my calendar this day? Because you don't, I'm having a hard time keeping up with what's going on this week alone, let alone next week. So make sure you block out time. And I think everybody just needs to know how to block their, their their calendar. And I have a, a mantra that I've always used with my teams, no meeting Mondays. Because as soon as you at least don't do it before noon on Mondays, because everyone's coming in from the weekend, they've got to catch up. They've probably got 5,000 emails because people are doing stuff over the weekend. You want to catch up. You don't want to go into Monday with an 8 a.m. meeting, a 9, like move it out. And so if it's not urgent uh, on the scale of urgent versus important, if it's not important or urgent, free up your Monday and you'll get a whole lot more done and more organized. Yeah, I, I, that's my rule. Nothing before noon on Monday or mm. after three o'clock on Friday because I'm usually in the office till 9 p.m. on Friday getting my stuff done. So it's like, okay, if I can get it back to noon on Friday, then I have, mm. then I can maybe get out of there by seven, you know, mm. <laughs> like, right? So it, that's a good idea. Block out your schedule and block it out for those extra buffers, mm -hmm. right? Instead of I have clients who are like back to back to back to back. No, you got to give yourself a 15 minute or a 30 buffer. You, yeah. you have to mm -hmm. for your sanity, <laughs> for not running behind, you know, on schedules and all of that. Give yourself that window. Yeah, I did. I, every day, 8 to 8.30 is booked on my calendar. And then every day at lunch is blocked on my calendar. Mm -hmm. You have to have time for yourself, right? And you can't, you do know everything about your business and everyone's going to come to you. And if you don't take time for yourself, you're just going to get swamped. So I, I make sure that there's time on there for me to just get myself together. And I know in corporate America, that's very difficult because you're you're being driven by other people's priorities. Email is other people's priorities. So limit that so that you can get your stuff done. But I, I just want the whole world. No meeting Mondays. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Make it, you should start using that hashtag. <laughs> no meeting Mondays. I've, I've posted on LinkedIn a couple times. <laughs> I love that. All right, Ben, any uh, new tips or books or? Not really. I think both of you guys gave great advice. I, I, I don't really like project management, but I think you described it as... <laughs> As best as a programmer can understand it. It's purpose, <laughs> measure, optimize. That's the same thing we do with, it doesn't matter if you do it with software or with process, you know, it's all really the same thing. And that makes a lot of sense. And the, the only thing I would add to it when you're using any kind of software tool, as you're doing it, plan on, it, you're going to replace it with something better eventually. So don't get too hooked on the way this tool does it, the way that tool does it. It doesn't really matter. There's so many tools out there and the, there's going to be a better one next week. So think about the actual process decoupled away from the tools that you're using and keep in the back of your mind, 
if this is a very, very specific thing, you know, like maybe it's maybe there's a way to back out a little bit and just keep it a little bit simpler uh, because chances are pretty good that you're going to replace it at some point. I love that. That is really good advice, especially for small business owners, mm-hmm. because they get so hooked on. Yeah. Well, I, I use WordPress or I use, mm-hmm. you know, Wix or I use Asana or HubSpot or like whatever the thing is. Yes. Constant content, and they're so stuck on that. Yeah. And I'm, you know, but it's I promise you it's going to be easier <laughs> if we it was going to do the yeah. same thing. Yeah. But this is going to be easier. Well, you know? It, you know, and it, it has a. If you have something very specific, these tools were built to appeal to a broad audience. So you're going to basically cripple yourself. The thing that you do better than anyone else, it's going to force you down into the average because you're going to change your business process to do your business the way that this tool is marketed to the average person. So, great, yeah. great. So that's nice. where the build-it-yourself, yes, exactly. no-code, low-code tools yeah, are very exactly. helpful. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Yep. There you go. Smart cheat, right? <laughs> right at the end yes. there. <laughs> I mean, they've got yeah. Asana. You've got Monday.com. You've got a few of them. Yeah. I mean, many oh, yeah. of them now. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. No, there's a good a good amount to choose from because everybody's brain's different, too. Mm-hmm. I've, exactly. I've pitched different things to, to clients, mm-hmm. and I'll say, okay, but your brain may not like this one. So how about this one, you know? And then yes. they'll go, okay, yeah, that makes more sense to me. So, okay, mm-hmm. let's use that one. Like, doesn't matter to me which one we use as long as you get it, yep. you know, and then you're more comfortable with it and, and it makes it easier for sure. All right. So how can people reach you? Uh, we are out of time. <laughs> yeah, you can go to the PMO Squad website, www.thepmosquad.com and connect with us there. Or... I connect with everybody on LinkedIn, which at times is horrible because all the stupid sales mm-hmm. spam I get out there. But PMO Joe out on LinkedIn, you can find me and just send me a connection request. There you go. Melissa, what about you? I am at the P, the smartpm.pro or, and I'm also on LinkedIn as well. So Melissa McDonald. There's a lot of Melissa McDonald. There are. are. You are in Arizona. Just do Melissa McDonald plus the smart PM. There you go. (laughs) Or PMP, right? Or PMP, It should come up that way. Right. (laughs) All right, Ben, what about you? Uh, I'm in the process of rebuilding a website, so email is the best way. Ben at ArizonaWebPro.com. There you go. I know the, the software people always. and the techie people are always redoing their stuff. <laughs> and we're the cobbler's shoes like, oh, I'll do that later. <laughs> our stuff always gets right. Every business owner like, yes. oh, our stuff can wait to that. We don't need that right now. <laughs> Everybody else's stuff comes first, but mm-hmm. it shouldn't. Right. We should be That's our true. own client. Yeah, true. Yeah. We should be our own client. Well, thank you all very much for being here today for contributing and and uh, all your wise tips and advice. I loved having you here today. Thanks so much. Well, thank for you. Having us. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Thank you for having us. You've been listening to Collaborative Connections radio show and podcast sponsored by KLM. Do what you love and outsource the rest. Happy connecting. Mm-hmm.